One interesting observation is that once collapse occurs, it becomes possible to rent a policeman. <laughs> Either for a special occasion or generally just to follow someone around. It is even possible to hire a soldier or two armed with AK-47s just to help you run errands. Not, as, not only is it possible to do such things, it is often a very good idea, especially if you happen to have something valuable that you don't want to part with. If you can't afford their services, then you should try to be friends with them and to be helpful to them in various ways. Although their demands might seem exorbitant at times, it is still a good idea to do all you can to keep them on your side. For instance, they might at some point insist that you and your family move out to the garage so they can live in your house. <laughs> this may be upsetting at first, but then is it really such a good idea for you and your family to live alone in a big house all by yourselves with so many armed men running around? It may make sense to station some of them right in your own house so that they have a base of operations from which to maintain a watch and patrol the neighborhood. A couple of years ago, I half-jokingly proposed a political solution to collapse mitigation and formulated a platform for the so-called collapse party. I published it with the caveat that I didn't think there was much of a chance of my proposals becoming part of the national agenda. Much to my surprise, I turned out to be wrong. For instance, I proposed that we stop making cars, and lo, lo and behold, the auto industry shuts down. I also proposed that we start granting amnesties to prisoners, because the U.S. has the world's largest prison population and will not be available to, uh, avail, able to afford to keep so many people locked up. It is better to release prisoners gradually over time rather than in a single large general amnesty, the way Saddam Hussein did it right before the U.S. invaded. And lo and behold, many states are starting to implement my proposal. It looks like California in particular will be forced to release some 60,000 of the 170,000 people it keeps locked up. This is a good start. I also propose that we dismantle all overseas military bases. There are over 1,000 of them and repatriate all the troops. And it looks like that is starting to happen as well, except for the currently planned little side trip to Afghanistan. I also proposed a, a biblical jubilee, forgiveness of all debts, public and private. Um, let's give that one half a decade. <laughs> but if we look at just, the, just at the changes that are already occurring... Just a simple predictable lack of funds as the federal government and the state governments all go broke will transform American society in predictable ways. As municipalities run out of money, police protection will evaporate, but the police still have to eat and will find ways to use their skills on a freelance basis. Similarly, as military bases around the world are shut down, soldiers will, soldiers will return to a country that will be unable to reintegrate them into civilian life. Paroled prisoners will find themselves in much the same predicament. And so we will have former soldiers, former police, and former prisoners. A big happy family with a few bad apples 
and some violent tendencies. <laughs> the end result will be a country awash with various categories of armed men, most of them unemployed, and many of them with border, borderline psychotic. The police in the United States are a troubled group. Many of them lose all touch with people who are not on the force, and most of them develop an us-versus-them mentality. The soldiers returning from a tour of duty often suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. The paroled prisoners suffer from a variety of psychological ailments as well. All of them will sooner or later realize that their problems are not medical, but rather political. This will make it impossible for society to continue to exercise control over them. All of them will be making good use of their weapons training and other professional skills to acquire whatever they need to survive. And the really important point to remember is that they will be doing these things whether or not anyone thinks it is legal for them to be doing them. I said this before and I will say it again. Very few things are good or bad per se. Everything has to be considered within a context. And in a post-collapse context, not having to worry whether or not something is legal may be a very good thing. In the midst of a collapse, we will not have time to deliberate, legislate, interpret, set precedents, and so on. Having to worry about pleasing a complex and expensive legal system is the last thing we should have to worry about. Some legal impediments are really small and trivial, but they can be quite annoying nevertheless. A homeowner's association might, say, want to give you a ticket or seek a court order against you for not mowing your lawn or for keeping livestock in your garage <laughs> or, or for that nice windmill you erected on a hill that you don't own without first getting a building permit. Or some municipal busybody might try to get you arrested for demolishing a certain derelict bridge because it was interfering with boat traffic. You know, little things like that. Well, if the associ association is aware that you have a large number of well-armed, mentally unstable friends, <laughs> some of whom still wear military and police uniforms, for all time's sake, then they probably won't give you that ticket or seek that court order. Or suppose you have a great new invention that you want to make and distribute, a new agricultural implement. It's a sort of flail studded with sharp blades. It, it has 101 uses and is, is highly cost-effective and, and reasonably safe, provided you don't lose your head while using it although people have taken to calling it the flying guillotine. You think that this is an acceptable risk, but you're concerned about the issues of consumer safety and liability insurance and possibly even criminal liability. Once again, it is very helpful to have a large number of influential, physically impressive, mildly psychotic friends who, whenever some legal matter comes up, can just go and see the lawyers, you know, have a friendly chat, demonstrate the proper use of the flying guillotine, and generally do whatever they have to do to settle the matter amicably without any money changing hands and without signing any legal documents. Or say the government starts being difficult about moving things and people in and out of the country, 
or it wants to take too much of a cut from commercial transactions, or perhaps your state or your town decides to conduct its own foreign policy and the federal government sees it fit to interfere, then it may, be, it may turn out to be a good thing to, uh, if someone has enough firepower to bring the government or what remains of it to its senses and convince it to be reasonable and play nice. Or perhaps you want to start a community health clinic so that uh, you can provide some relief to people who would, wouldn't otherwise have any health care. You don't dare call yourself a doctor because these people are suspicious of doctors because doctors were always trying to rob them of their life savings. But perhaps you have some medical training that you got in, say, Cuba, and you're able to handle a cesarean or an appendectomy to suture wounds, to treat infections, set bones, etc. You also want to be able to distribute opiates that your friends in Afghanistan periodically sent to you to, to ease the pain of a hard post-collapsed life. While going through all of the licensing boards and getting the certifications and the permits and the malpractice insurance is all completely unnecessary, provided you can surround yourself with a, a lot of well-armed, well-trained, mentally unstable friends. <laughs> Food, shelter, transportation, security. Security is very important. Maintaining order and public safety requires discipline, and maintaining discipline for a lot of people requires the threat of force. This means that people must be ready to come to each other's defense, take responsibility for each other, and do what's right. Right now, security is provided by a number of bloated, bureaucratic, ineffectual institutions, which inspire more anger and despondency than discipline, and dispense not so much violence as ill-treatment. That is why we have the world's highest prison population. They're supposedly there to protect people from each other, but in reality their mission is not even to provide security. It is to safeguard property and those who own it. Once these institutions run out of resources, there will be a period of upheaval, but in the end people will be forced to learn to deal with each other face to face, and justice will, will once again become a personal virtue rather than a federal department. I've covered what I think are the basics based on what I saw work and what I think might work reasonably well here. I assume that a lot of you are thinking that this is all quite far into the future, if in fact it ever gets that bad. Uh, you should certainly feel free to think that way. 